Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. 17 weeks, four quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning, winning drive. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of Baltimore Postgame Uncensored on 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore. Here with my guy, Cordell Woodland of Shaking It Up Sports and the Ravens reporter for 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore. And Ravens lose to the Bengals 16-27. And we can make whatever we want with it, Cordell. But before we kind of get into it, we, we knew that the Ravens were going into this game as a preseason game because honestly, they really didn't have much to gain from it. Although had they won, it's funny because the Chargers did lose to the Broncos. So, but it still would have come down to a coin flip on who was going to have um, the home field. And, and the Ravens did the math and said it wasn't worth it. And so they set a lot of their starters down. So before we kind of break it down, do you think that that was the right decision? I mean, I I don't really have a feeling whether it was the right decision or wrong decision. I can't blame them for wanting to rest their guys and keep guys as healthy as possible, uh, considering that the playoffs start next week. And, you know, obviously the biggest of those people is Lamar Jackson, who was not going to play in this game regardless. But the rest of those guys were guys that could have played today, most likely. And, you know, they decided to hold about Marcus Peters, for instance, a guy who missed last week, but they they decided to sit guys like Kevin Zeitler and Mark Andrews, but play Ronnie Stanley. It was it, it just it was a little weird to me. Roquan Smith played like if you're going to rest starters, I felt like they should have rested starters. You know what I'm saying? Uh, if if you felt like it just wasn't worth it, now I guess their logic behind it was offensively, we're not going to get much done. Uh, out there regardless of whether we play Mark Andrews or not. So, okay, we're going to rest JK. We're going to rest Mark and and Zyla. I would have liked to see them rest Stanley if they're going to rest all these guys, but okay. they uh, But they rested the guys they decided to. But I think defensively, at least, I felt like they decided we're going to play our defensive guys because if we have any shot to win this game, it's going to be through our defense. So that was them trying to win keeping the starting defense out there, so to speak. Yeah, so let's stick, let's stay with the offense. Like you already mentioned, they had guys that, that, that didn't play, which this was very weird to me, um, Cordell, because the offense is the one that's struggling. That's the side of the ball that, to me, could use some rhythm going into the playoffs. And then they decided to 
um, you know, sit Mark Andrews and sit JK and sit Zeitler, although they didn't sit Ronnie Stanley and, you know, um, Morgan Moses and some other guys. Another person that they didn't sit was Gus Edwards. And um, early on in the game, you know, I mentioned that I hope that we had saw a heavy dose of King and Drake today because I felt like Gus Edwards, if, if you're going to sit J.K. Dobbins, I don't understand why you're not sitting Gus Edwards. You have two other running backs. You have Justice Hill and you have King and Drake. So, you know, Gus Edwards plays and eventually he gets out of the game with um, a concussion. He's in concussion protocol and he was ruled out. So now you have to look at it, you know. What now is what we don't even know what the availability will be moving forward into you know next week's game again back in Cincinnati. But to me, I, I don't understand the logic. So some dudes get rest, but yeah. other dudes don't. And is it because you know Gus didn't play much last week? You felt like you wanted to get him involved in an offense that you clearly didn't care about because you sat a lot of the good starters. I, I just didn't understand it. It just looked conflicted to me. Like it, it just felt like they wanted to rest guys, but they couldn't get themselves to fully commit to doing it. And I just, I'm curious to find out John's logic behind who rested and who didn't, you know, what went into the decision of who played and who, who wasn't, because it's just odd to me that Ronnie and Gus were still out there when Mark, I mean, what are you gaining if you don't have Mark Andrews, Kevin Zeitler or JK Dobbins, on the field at that point, that tells me offensively you're waving the white flag. So, okay, mm-hmm. go all out then. Put Makari over there at left tackle or far Lele, whoever you want to put over there. Um, but it, I don't think it should have been Ronnie Stanley. And like you said, King and Drake was activated. They had him. They had Justice Hill. I, I would have liked to see uh, those guys get the bulk of the carries in this one other than Mark. I mean, than uh, Gus Edwards. Hopefully he'll be okay because they're going to need him. Um, and then get the part two against Cincinnati. Absolutely. Uh, another thing that we, you know, obviously um, had an opportunity to see was Anthony Brown, who um, got his first start ever um, in the National Football League. And he, uh, w- w- due to Tyler Huntley being out, um, due to having some some uh, tendonitis in his arm. And so, you know, this is a guy that, I clamored for a couple weeks ago um, in the Falcons game. I felt like that maybe that was a necessary move for John Harbaugh to make because it would have forced Greg Roman to run the football, which appears to be like, you know, I think since then he's committed himself to running the football, Yeah. even though sometimes in the red zone, he still won't do it, but okay. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, so, you know, obviously this time it came due to injury. And I really felt like his 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 first outing was, I mean, I'd give it a C minus. I, I know people would be like he's horrible, but I don't feel that way, Cordell. I mean, obviously, you know, that first pick was not good. And a lot of it had to do with, you know, I, I give credit to the defense of the Bengals. I mean, the the, the play the call was great. You know, got him he got in his face, he, mm-hmm. he panicked and made a throw that was horrible. Um, the second one, I don't give him that because I think Demarcus Robinson has to make a play there. I mean, the ball right. is there for him to catch, and he just didn't do it. But um, ultimately, he had some good things about him. He had some bad things. The good thing is, is that everything that I said was true. That guy got an arm on him. Now, is it is it 
He got a weird wind-up thing that he does that, that maybe it's a mechanics thing. Hopefully it can be fixed one day for him. But it's a little weird. Sometimes he throws the ball a little short because he had some batted down passes. Um, but ultimately, I felt like his teammates let him down today. I've seen too many drop passes, particularly from the wide receiving core. Um, Demarcus Robinson did him no service today. It was a couple passes uh, by uh, Kolar, who I know we haven't seen much of. Um, but, you know, that that essentially would have gotten him a two-touchdown day uh, in terms of, you know, get the Ravens offensively, not just mm -hmm. Anthony Brown, but the Ravens offensively. So, you know, I'm curious to know what you saw from that outing of Anthony Brown. I'm not I'm not saying he's the number two guy or nothing like that. I'm just saying that I, I thought that he was a guy that if you put a little bit of work in him, he had some things about him that, that I thought were good. And I've always said that I thought he had a, a better arm than Huntley. So I'm just curious yeah. to know how you felt about his first outing. Yeah, I mean, definitely an up or down day for him at best. Uh, more down than up, I would say. Uh and I agree with you. His teammates definitely let him down. I mean, Demarcus Robinson, I thought was atrocious in this game, flat out. Uh, the inter the inter the second interception was definitely on him. Lackadaisical, still with the ball in his hands, running like he's Deion Sanders. He just doesn't give the vibe <laughs> that he cares as much. You know that he he he's taking it serious. Yeah, he's out there just so lackadaisical in his route running, his concentration on the catches. It was it was bad for him in this one. Uh, that said, as a quarterback, your number one thing is you got to take care of the ball. And the, while I don't put the second one entirely on him, that ball was thrown behind Demarcus Robinson. But it's a catch you want your uh, NFL wide receiver to make for his undrafted rookie quarterback right. that's playing on what on what Anthony Brown said. He just found out today. I got to take him at his word that he found out today. But I I don't really believe that. Um, but even still, the first interception was bad. The fumble at the Reds on, on his own goal line is bad. But that's also terrible play calling. Like, what, what are you doing? You, you're out there with your third-string quarterback, and you're backed up into your own end zone on third. He did it in the Steelers game. He did it when Anthony Brown came out. Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah, Same he thing. did. He did. I, I just don't understand what, what he's saying. And maybe having Anthony Brown out there – makes him feel a little com more confident to call some of these down the field pass, yeah. pass plays because he does have an arm. Um, and at times he, he did throw, put some pretty good, decent passes uh, on some of his guys, but he was let down quite a bit. And then you mix that with him just having some other terrible throws mixed in there himself. Uh, it, it just, it just wasn't a good day for the Ravens. Uh, King and Drake came in and really gave them, a big time spark, Isaiah Likely. What? Yeah, I, he's he's the guy that was pretty much the star today. I thought on yep. the offensive side of the ball. Um, it kind of baffles me that he hasn't been incorporated into this pass game a lot more this season, considering what they're missing at the wide receiver position. You would yep. imagine, even in the games that Mark Andrews kind of struggled in, like where was Likely? Yeah, it's it's yep. just kind of head scratching that the Ravens haven't found a way to really, really utilize this guy uh, at a time where they needed people to step up and help their pass game go to the next level. And maybe they'll build on this game and incorporate some of that out there with Mark. You know, it's a little late at this point, but hey, you know, maybe all we can do is be optimistic and hope 
at this point. Uh, but I, I would have, I really would like to see more of Isaiah likely mixed in, uh, even into next week's game. I completely agree with you. I, I don't understand, particularly when you have no outside help. And I've been screaming all year long, especially when Bateman went down. Why don't you find more ways to put Mark Andrews outside? I understand Mark Andrews doesn't have the speed, but two things that he has that the defenders probably don't is the size and the physicality. And that's always going to win them the matchups. And look, even if you don't win, it's possible that you get a PI from it. So I don't even understand why Isaiah likely hasn't been in a situation where consistently, I've seen it before, but I mean on a consistent basis where he's in the slot and Mark Andrews is on the outside or flip them around and have them on the outside and Mark Andrews in the slot. I mean, often. I'm talking about often. You know what I'm saying? So that's the part that that, that I don't get because he, he, he had a great day. He had 13 targets but caught eight for 103 yards. 103 yards. So this is the guy. I mean, he's the guy that we thought he'd be. And somehow – he was never consistently put in this offense, an offense that needed pass catchers. That says a lot to me about coaching, and, and that's a problem to me. And, you know, we'll eventually have this conversation once the offseason gets here. But like you said, I hope that the Ravens find a way to, to implement whatever game plan they have next week going on. They have to find a way to implement Isaiah Likely in it because clearly he's getting mismatches somewhere and you have to exploit those mismatches. And it's an even better service for your quarterback, whoever plays, to have both of those guys out there, him and Mark Andrews, because clearly the wide receivers don't want to catch nothing. Even, you know, you, you get other guys involved like Sammy Watkins and he fumbles the ball and, and I know it's not a, I know it's a strip fumble and I understand but look man you, get in the weight room why was it so easy for that guy <laughs> to strip the ball away from you right yeah I mean it, it was just the weapon the, the people around uh, around Anthony Brown today the, you said it best they, they let him down um you other than Isaiah Likely and and King and Drake, uh, it wasn't really much else there. Charlie Kohler had a couple of catches as well. I mean, it's not much I, I'm really expecting from him at this time. But Demarcus Robinson, you get nine targets in this game. I expect you to get more than two catches. Sammy Watkins, he's, he makes the big play and then he, you know, gives the ball up. It's just you can't have it. You, you just can't have that type of stuff happen. And this is a good Bengals team. You know, this defense, that's that's how they make their living. They make their living just all being opportunistic at times. But I, I do – you saw some things that kind of make you feel like the Ravens can do some things in that game against them next week. The run yeah. game was there for them. Yep. And this with King and Drake, I would imagine it's going to be there for them with J.K. Dobbins out there as well. Uh, if, if Isaiah likely is able to go out there and have that kind of day – I would imagine that Mark Andrews is probably going to be able to have a similar type of day. So, I mean, you get some of your starters out there offensively, and obviously the big one is Lamar Jackson. I don't know where all this new boom of confidence is all of a sudden come from. We'll see what happens. I'm on the edge of my seat like everybody else as far as if Lamar is going to play next week. I mean, Schefter and these guys, after we just heard Harb say no updates Friday, all of a sudden over the weekend, Lamar's – looking like he could uh he's i saw espn say he's trending towards playing like, like okay yeah we'll, we'll see we'll see we'll see 
We have no idea. So I, one thing I do know, Cordell, this team has no chance of winning a playoff game without number eight. So whether he plays or not, we will find out. But if there's, you know, yeah, I, I just feel like that the Ravens, um, they did. It, it wasn't a, as bad as a loss as I thought it would be. I don't know if that means anything, <laughs> but. You know, uh, I, I I just think I just know for a fact that the team is in big trouble if Lamar Jackson is unable to play in the playoff game because we know they go back to Cincinnati next weekend. What the date we don't know yet, but at some point we will find out this week what the schedule will be. All right, guys, before we get into our next topic, just make sure that you are subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast so that every time there is a new up, uh, new episode, you will be the first to receive it. All right, so let's talk about the defense. Um, you know, obviously the Bengals scored 27 points, but I think that that's really a, a miscued score because I, uh, there was three turnovers that turned into 21 points. And outside of that, you know, you, you outside of that it was six points out of that 21 points. And so you really have to look in, and look, I, I understand. They still allow them to score. I get it. But the short field does matter. The short field absolutely played a role into them scoring the way that they did. I, I felt like the Bengals didn't play extremely well today. I felt like at times they struggled. And I think that, the positive that you can get from this is that the defense, even with the adversity that they were faced early on with the turnovers, did a, a good job overall of holding their own. Because as we know, the starting defense, for the most part, played um, on Sunday. Yeah, I, I thought the, you know, the defense was up and down. You know, they gave up some plays uh, in the past game, but they also – did a pretty good job in, in other areas. One thing that they definitely struggled in is being able to go sack Joe Burrow. They they just could not get uh, to this guy early. Yeah. You, you you saw guys like Adafi Owe um, uh, early in the game. Just it was it was like Joe Burrow was covered in grease uh, a couple of times where they're trying to get to this dude. So he him being able to extend plays the way that he does uh, is is dangerous if you're not going to get to him. And I think. I think that's going to be a big point of emphasis for the Ravens defense this week is finding ways to to wrap him up and because this they're going to look at the film and be and like man it's about four four times in this game where we really could have you know had something big go our way we could have shifted the mo momentum our way if we were able to make this play but instead he makes the the highlight play uh and and gets the ball down the field uh, Jamar Chase. I, I was kind of surprised that Marlon was on T. Higgins a lot instead of Jamar. Um, yeah. I, I I mean, I, I guess their logic behind that was Marlon. I guess they just didn't like that matchup. I guess I'm assuming. I'm assuming they didn't like. They they preferred to put Marlon on T. Higgins, and because I think that they're both very good receivers. I think that they're both one. Uh, wide receiver ones, no doubt. Um, but I guess putting them on T is kind of like, you know, T is more with his speed, I guess. I don't know, to be honest. I tried to get in their head, but to be honest, it, it kind of surprised me. I thought Marlon would have been on Jamar. Daryl Worley had his moments. He did. Know, he made plays. Yes, uh, he did. But, you know, it was also other moments where, like the Hayden Hurst 
uh, first down for him where Worley jumps it and, and doesn't get it. Or obviously the Jamar Chase touchdown. It's, it's going to be a tough day when you play those guys. They have, you know, top flight receivers in the NFL. So all you can do is what you can do. But I would imagine with Peters back next week, we'll see uh, if, if they can kind of ratchet it up on the defensive side. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I think that they can. I think that they have the opportunity to do that. I, again, I'm with you. Worldly played as well as he could. I, I didn't think he had a horrible day. I mean, playing against Jamar Chase is a very high, you know, position to be in. Um, and and was he over his head a little bit? I think for the most part, no. I mean, you know, he, he made some good plays. But what did you expect from a guy like Worley? You know what I'm saying? So I yeah. felt in some areas he overachieved. That one deflection in the end zone that, sh- that would have been a touchdown was a great play to me. You know, so he made he made some plays. It's so impressive that, you know, even with T. Higgins, Marlon finished the season with zero touchdowns given up. Now, I know he had a pass interference in the end zone. But to me, that pass, uh, not in this game, but like early in yeah. the season. Um, but I, I know to me that that to me that pass interference was ticky tacky. It was bogus. It was bogus. It was, was ticky tacky to begin with. So uh, I, that that is an impressive thing. This secondary has played well. Obviously, Roquan has been phenomenal since he's been here. It's seeing Calais Campbell back, I think he's slow, he's trying to get back in into the group of things. Um, because it's not like the Bengals was like you know burning it up or anything like that. Um, in terms of like running the football, but at times they they looked you know they looked good because they because I mean well they only rushed for fifty five yards but they had that nice little uh, he had that nice little uh, rush at the towards like it was in the fourth quarter I believe um, but outside of that the the run game looks like what it's supposed to when Calais Campbell is there like they find he is the anchor of what they do on run defense and and that's the part that I was wanting to see and I felt. Like that, that happened. One of the things, though, Cordell, that I that we should discuss is Ojabo, and you know, obviously he got more snaps, and immediately it felt like he was impactful when he came into the game. Ended up with a sack. Um, I, I seen a lot of those scrambles that you were talking about. I saw Ojabo in the in the play. You know, he had made a nice little spin around uh, around an offensive lineman to try to get to him to to Burrow, which forced him to kind of move around and stuff. But, you know, as of right now, the little bit that we saw from Ojabo, I, 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 I hey, I'm, I'm with it. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. You know, he made an impact play uh, in this game, gets the sack fumble for his first sack. And you, you see, you saw a little bit of that motor on that play. Yeah. You, you got to see Ojabo, you know, kind of the fighter, uh, so to speak. He, he, he earned that one, I, I would say for sure. So. Yeah, um, it's better than what you've been getting. You know, the Ravens have been obviously struggling in the pass rush department, still kind of struggled, even though they got the pressure, just weren't able to finish the plays. But getting a job out there and having him get his feet wet and be able to get to a guy like Joe Burrow, you know, who yeah. we saw we saw in this game is obviously not one of the easier guys to, to get to. Um, I, I thought that that was a huge step for him. I thought – Speaking of rookies on the defensive side, I thought Kyle Hamilton again yes. for him. He he just is really coming into his own. You're really yes. starting to see what what he's capable of out there. He's he's so confident in what he's doing. He's uh, trusting his eyes and and what I'm loving the most is that physicality that we were 
questioning a lot of it earlier in the season. You're starting to see it now. You're starting to see him be able to make these open field tackles. I mean, he yep. is he is blowing screenplays up by the week uh, at this point. I think he leads the special teams in tackles. This is a guy that's, that's I, I think is starting to adapt to the speed of the NFL level. And with this length that he has, uh, I, I really think we, we're, he's just scratching the surface of how good he can be. I completely agree. He is playing, you know, really well down the stretch. And I love how Mike McDonald moves him around. He plays linebacker. He plays in the secondary. You know, he's doing all of these things. And he's just, you know, he's just being really good tackling, like you said, because that that was a problem early on. And he's gotten much better with that over time. We we found out that Justin Houston um, needed one sack for a bonus. Mm-hmm. And ended the game with half a sack. Yeah. If you're if you're the Ravens, do you just cough it up and say, "Well, too bad, so sad," or do you give him a little something, something, and put it in his pocket? I mean, you know, I'm always going to side with the players when it comes to finances uh, between them and the 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 front the the owners or the the organization because they got money. You know, I ain't worried about the money they got. These players. Ain't no telling how long they're going to be uh, in this game. So I'm always for giving it to the guys who are actually out there competing. And I, whether they will or won't, I don't know. Uh, but I, I would definitely – I wouldn't I wouldn't mind seeing Justin Houston go to get that. I know Adolfo Owe is probably like, man, the one time I, I get to the quarterback is I'm, I'm still in your shine. I'm, my, my bad, you know, but – uh, that that's what ended up having to happen right there. But yeah, I give Justin Houston the incentive if we could. Uh, look, even if you don't give him all of the bonus, give him some of it. Give him half of it. I mean, like the half a sack is so unfair, right. dog. Like, and everything Justin Houston has done and tr- and trying to make up for the lack of pass rush that this team has had before, you know, some moves have been made, I really feel like that they just owe it to him. Like, he is, you know, a, a veteran on his team. I mean, a vet vet. You know what I'm saying? And you you really asked him to do a whole lot. He played way more snaps than, you know, he's played in, in, in previous years and such. And, you know, I think he's earned it. I Look, at least from the snap count alone, he's earned it. So go ahead and get that man his money. I, I, I You know, I, I wish I could, like, uh, send a letter and vet for him to get yeah. uh, the bonus. I, even, like I said, even if it's not all of it, like I just feel like he deserves some type of bonus for, for the season he's had. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, uh, I, like I know we're going to get past on that hat and stuff later on uh, in the show, but I would definitely say, I think it's safe to say Roquan Smith is going to be one of those guys. He He's another one when you talk about money and uh, and on this defense, he's definitely in line, I think, for a big payday, hopefully from the Ravens. I, I think it'll most likely be from the Ravens. You have to, they, they don't have, look, and I feel like they don't have a choice. Yeah, the third you, round you pick, don't. You, you don't have any clue what the third round pick right. if he walks yeah. go up is. And, and don't do that little cute thing y'all like to do where you like to, you know, uh, put picks in your pocket to mm-hmm. have that. Look, if you have a sure thing, then p- use the short thing and pay the person that you have. And I can say that on both sides of the ball. Trying to, you know, uh, consolidate, you know, f- keeping these draft picks and, oh, well, that's, what, you know, what we do. Look, some guys are not – some guys you can't let go for draft picks. It's not w- worth it. It's not worth it. Particularly when 
in middle rounds, you've been pretty inconsistent. I just think that you need to just do what you need to do and pay that young man because he deserves it. Yeah, I to- I totally agree. Um, I think Roquan Smith has obviously made it made a case for himself to be potentially team MVP, uh, to be honest with you. That, I know. I hadn't even played the whole season. <laughs> I mean, I, we'll see. I think we're supposed to hand out the award next week. We'll see how we'll see how that ends up going. But uh, I, I do think Roquan Smith has made a huge impact on this team. I mean, it, it was at one point, especially in the first quarter, or first half of this game, and I'm just like, man, it, I think I tweeted it. Like, it, it feels like Roquan is making every tackle for this defense right now. He's he's flying all over the field. He just plays so fast. He he fills all the holes in the run game. Um, I I just don't think that the Ravens could have asked for a better return uh, in this than Roquan Smith in this trade. I completely agree. And so the Ravens obviously will be playing the Bengals again. So, you know, the Ravens understand, especially on defense, what they're dealing with and that personnel. And we'll see how they hold up without hopefully with Lamar and hopefully without the turnovers. And that way we can have it a different uh, outcome in in a different ball game. Before we get to our last topic, have you subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast? If not, make sure you hit the subscribe button so when Cordell and I talk about your Baltimore Ravens, you will be the first to know. All right, Cordell. So I, I know it's a loss, but it 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 didn't feel as bad as it may have should have felt, maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, like when you watch the game, it's like, oh my God, this is terrible. And then somehow they ended up only losing by two scores. Yeah. And I I'd argue. That if you take the three points in the first quarter that you went forward on fourth down, and if you had one of the, those two plays in which um, Anthony Brown was throwing in the you know to the end zone, the guys dropped the ball. I think it was Kolar and Demarcus Robinson mm-hmm. who dropped those passes. You're it's actually a much lower margin, and it's a one score game. That's seven points. So the score would actually would have could have potentially been 27-23. Yeah, it could have been. Uh I'm what, just saying, like <laughs> I know it's I know it's a loss. Right. But given all the circumstances what this team was dealing with, it it, it could have been worse. Yeah, it definitely could have been worse. I mean, they're playing a lot of their backups. They're down to their third string quarterback, you know, uh on a day where his wide receivers really couldn't catch a cold. So uh, I, I definitely think it could have been a lot worse than what it turned out to be. And we talked about this before. Cincinnati will give, will keep you in the game. Uh, they'll get, they'll have that one bad half and, you know, they'll just kind of allow themselves to come crashing back down to earth, so to speak, offensively. And that's your time to strike. Can the Ravens take advantage of that is the question. Uh, they didn't in this one. The Bengals were were held to three points in the second half, but the Ravens just simply could not score enough uh, to to come within uh, the margin that they needed. But as far as pass on the hat, I started with you know Roquan Smith. Uh, the dude is just phenomenal. He makes every play you want. Yeah, uh, you want your middle linebacker to make. He he's definitely the guy on that defense and. He, he's the biggest reason why this defense has become uh, one of the more elite units in the NFL. They are just so fast. Anything you try to do on the outsides more times than not, they've got the speed to get out there and shut that play down. So Roquan Smith, if 
if he's out there, the Ravens defense is going to be tough to deal with on that day. I completely agree with you. He's just phenomenal. I'm going to go with Isaiah Likely. I already mentioned the stats, eight receptions, 103 yards. I mean, he 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 is who we thought he was going to be. And um, I, I look forward to the Ravens finding a way to get Likely more involved in what they're doing, um, hopefully next week. So uh, I, he was impressive to me today. And um, it was just good to see him playing some good football. Yeah, yeah. Isaiah Likely is definitely a, a, a good one for sure. Um, I'll stick with the offense. I'll actually kind of, I'll give a game ball to Kenyon Drake. I thought Kenyon Drake, you know, filled in pretty well out there. It wasn't spectacular, but if it hadn't, if he wasn't doing what he was doing, they really would have had nothing in the run game at all. Um, so he continues to be a weapon. And with the uncertainty around Gus Edwards now, who's in a concussion protocol, King and Drake may be relied on again next week to kind of be that, you know, that second guy in this running back rotation. So him and him and JK might be that tag team duo that we see in the Ravens backfield if Gus isn't going to be out there. But I, I thought King and Drake looked sharp uh, for the most part in this game. I do too. I'll flip it back to the defensive side. Now I'll give it to David Ajabo. I mean, I know he, I know it wasn't much, but it feels like he is giving us a preview of what's to come. And it's crazy how he had, it feels like he came in with some immediate impact. Something that we've been looking for from away for, I don't know, all season, it feels like. And um, I'm excited to see what this guy can do uh, once he's fully healthy. Uh, I, I just really think that he's going to be, you know, good. He's going to be really good. I think he's going to be as advertised. And I just, um, you know, the one sack, I know. But like I said, he was in some other plays in terms of getting some pressure on Joe Burrow. So I, I, I'm, I'm confident and I'm optimistic that Ojabo will be, you know, what we perceive him to be. And hopefully we see him play a little bit more next week as, as well. Yeah, it'd be nice to get a, a, a Dabo out there. The question is, who are they going to sit down for him? Uh, but I'm sure considering, you know, what they've been missing in that pass rush department, not like he alone fixes it, but I'm sure they, they'll be okay with uh, David Ajabo and what he gives them. Absolutely. Anybody else you got for Pat's on the head? Or, or I, I, think, I, I think I'm good, honestly. I, I think that about a, that was, that's probably – going to do it for me. I'm I mean, going to give one to Calais because he came back and I feel like he made a difference. I, I, I don't, I don't have the, the, the stat sheet in front of me, Cordell. I'm just telling you what the numbers say. And yeah. if they only has 55 rushing yards. I mean, consider what we saw the last couple of weeks without him. I'm saying that's Calais. And I'm going, I'm going to give him a pat on the hat for coming back and helping the Ravens solidify this run defense. Yeah, I mean, Calais Campbell is always a good one. I mean, and he definitely helped in that, in, against the run game. Cincinnati hasn't been great in the run game to begin with, uh, but Joe Mixon ne didn't necessarily get to pop off many big runs. He had one decent one, and other than that, I mean, it yeah. was pretty much shut down. Anything he got was in the pass game. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I don't have a problem with Calais being out there. I, I feel like this defensive line as a whole – I'm optimistic that, the, that we'll get a better game from them next week, specifically in the pass rush. Um, yeah. They were able to get 
some pressure in this one. Just couldn't finish the playoff. We'll see. We'll see if that ends up changing a little bit next week. I, I got a feeling they may get home on uh, at least half of those plays that they didn't get to in the, in the first game. Yeah, I agree. So, you know, for everybody that watched the game, I hope you didn't like take two tickets. I took it for a grain of salt. Um, because of how they decided to go into that game. You know, I didn't expect a win. Um, I didn't expect much from, you know, the offensive uh, input that, that was put placed on us to view. Um, but, hey, it's playoffs now, and I know the Ravens don't look what we feel to be a playoff team offensively, but they made it. And so, you know, this week we'll talk more about that. We'll talk about, you know, if Lamar plays, what, what our chances are, if he doesn't play, and, you know, how good this defense can really hold them over until if Lamar can come back. So um, I want to thank everyone for listening. And, again, this is a new season. You know, the slate is officially clean now. Everybody is going into the playoffs 0-0. Zero, zero. So, the Ravens, as of right now, I mean, look, you never know. They say any given Sunday, and and I say if Lamar has, is here, then, hey, it's a conversation to have, man. You know, the Bengals might have a little problem on their hands if eight comes back. So hopefully uh, we'll learn more about that this week. And we want to thank everyone for listening. So from Cordell to me, this is Winning Drive. Winning Drive.